coming to you live from London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, bad food, worse weather, merry fucking poppins, London. It's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and you're always going to have problems reviewing a podcast in one piece. Apparently, the best thing to do is to cut it up into 10 pieces and pile it all together. With me on the pig farm this week, first... He's been a busy little bastard. It's Chris. All right. I thought it was very appropriate this week. He has been. He's been yeah. well busy. He's been tuckered. <laughs> Absolutely tuckered. I've had at least one photograph of him sleeping sent to me in the last week. And secondly, do you know what nemesis means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent personified in this case by Andy. That's the best one yet I've ever had. Yeah, I, I, I stopped short of calling you a C-bomb. Yeah, I thought I'll just leave it as is. We are the 10 Point Podcast. We review movies on a weekly basis, selected by ourselves or by the Wheel of Randomness, which is what's coming up at the end of the episode this week. You can find us pretty much everywhere on the internet. Just type in 10 Point Podcast and you will find us. Just, just not on OnlyFans yet. Not yet. Not yet. I, don't, I guess you probably still could do podcasts over there. Anyway, all your major podcast outlets... You can get audio versions. Spotify, there's a video version, which is going to be I mean, oh, no, different, well, Rosie. no different this <laughs> week doing the I video version. It. But the major difference is that Andy and Chris are actually in the same room. You would not know by the magic of... You can hear technology. us, though, if I shout loud enough. Yes, you can maybe hear Catch. each of them. Ah, you dick. <laughs> See, there, <laughs> there's the evidence there. there. Catch. <laughs> they are in the same room uh, <laughs> together. Uh, video versions, YouTube as well. We can get the 10-point broadcast over there. Basically, type in 10 Podcast on the internet. You will find us at our website, 10 You can contact us via email over there. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from you in all the different ways you can review and like and subscribe and all the things that you can do and all these different podcast things. Twitter and Facebook as well. Stop Send us putting ice in your drink, you bell end. Over here. <laughs> 10 Podcast. Just search it and you will find us. Now, the lads went to the movies this week. I've still yet to see what they saw, and Andy reviewed it last week. So, Chris, I will throw over to you for what I'm assuming is your highlight of the week. I don't want to talk to play, please. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really good. It's a, without spoiling anything, it's a perfect end to the, the Guardians of the Galaxy saga. That's, that's all I'll say without saying too much. Good. I don't want you to spoil it for me, because I'm yet oh. to see it. But, I went uh, to be spoiler-free, and I wasn't disappointed. Good, that is very good then. Uh, I, I don't really know what to ask more from you. Uh, better than the previous Guardians? I'd say it's better than the second one. Not as good as the first. Cool. Would you say that it, Andy wouldn't go as far as to say a return to form for the Marvel Cinematic Universe or are they still missing something? Uh, I, I don't know. Because like, the Guardians have always been kind of separate apart from Infinity War and Endgame. So I'd say this is just typical Guardians fair. Right, same old, same old, but not in a bad way, necessarily. No. Cool. Well, I won't ask anymore. Andy, have you got a highlight that wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I watched Renfield. Oh, <laughs> okay. What a film. <laughs> Actually good or ironically good? Oh, the above. <laughs> oh, it, the is, above. it is like the best Dracula film I've ever seen in a long-ass time. Uh, <laughs> it's the best Nicolas Cage film I've seen in a long-ass time. Is is Nicholas Cage? You know how like most people like turn things up to eleven. Cage went to eighteen. I'm gonna say he starts at eleven. Yeah. <laughs> he went all the way up to fucking eighteen and absolutely nails every single thing he did in that film. Good. And everybody else is pretty good in it as well. Like uh, which is Nicholas Holt or whatever he's called. Holt, yeah. uh, he's pretty good in it. Like he, he's weird, 
but you, you kind of like that weird straight off. Um, I feel like it's like a new type film. Like there's enough quirkiness in it that you love. Good. Um, and there's enough Nicolas Cage in it that it'll blow people's minds. <laughs> um, is there a lot more to it than the trailer? Because I feel like the trailer is it's a very small piece. Like, oh, it like it doesn't give away a lot. Like you know, you know how you get all these uh, bellends that are all like, oh, mental health, this, mental health, that now. It's pretty much a mental health movie, but like done in its own way. <laughs> done in an enjoyable way. <laughs> yeah, like it gets a message. Like you know, like you said, what's the point of the movie? I would say, oh, it's like kind of, I don't know, being kind of dominated mental health type awareness type thing. Gaslighting. Yeah, gaslighting type thing. Right. It's, okay. it's, it's got, it's got, it's got, it's got, it's got a message on it. Right. Um, and it's also got the most over the top gore, but done well I've ever seen. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's, it's worth a watch. It's cool. Worth, like watch it. It's brilliant. That links into mine because Nicholas Holt was also in my highlight of the week. I finally got around to watching The Menu. Uh, I think. Oh, I. From last year. Yeah. Have you seen it, Andy? I feel like it's yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Because you're a bit of a foodie, and that's nice. I love food. Yeah, so uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it's it's not quite what I thought it was going to be. It's a twist on what I thought was going to happen with it. I thought it was going to be a bit more of a, oh, well, these people have been dragged to an island in the middle of nowhere, and what they don't know is these people are going to this, that, and the other, and the only one person is going to be able to gonna get out of the island alive, and they're going to have to kill everybody. It's, trying to... it's not quite that. It's sort of a twist on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was... It, I felt like I never really knew what was going to happen next through the majority of the film, which is, is, is a good way to watch these sort of thriller, sort of twisty movie. Uh, I wanted a bit more from it as well. I think my only takeaway was like, literally, there's there's something missing. It's a bit you're right. slow. You're absolutely right. And I, I wanted more, uh, what do you call him? John Leguizamo. Leg- kind of <laughs> John Leguizamo, yeah. I, I said the sloth. I wanted more of him. After us slagging him a couple of weeks ago during the or Mario discussion. Yeah, he wasn't in it very much. He was a strange sort of side character. I feel like they had, intentionally they have like 20 people like in the film who are characters, but then only really three or four of them actually have a, a story. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I don't know if it was, it's probably exactly as good as I thought it was going to be, or as I'd hoped it was going to be. Like it did not ex- exceed my expectations, but definitely worth a watch and, and definitely go into it kind of spoiler free. However, you probably straight up kind of know Oh, something's weird's going to happen. It's not going to be as obvious as they make out. I'm surprised you didn't completely tear it apart because your favourite Anya Taylor Joy is in it. Yeah, she's the worst part of that whole film. So I thought she was really good. Again, I think no, no. I've never, I've never actually seen her be bad in anything she's ever been in. So it, that goes all the way back to that. Just, just weird... when she starts, her fucking eyes are too far apart. She can't help how her face looks. <laughs> well, she Other can. People can. And then you criticise them for getting plastic surgery when they do. Anyway, so. Uh, yeah, uh, there you go. Three actual films we're all recommending that you can go and watch right now. The menu's on Disney Plus, which is why I, why I popped it on. It's it's near enough new. But that'll do us. We better get on to the reason for the podcast this week while our technological situation oh, holds up. Be- oh. Before before we get going too much, Chris is uh, he's looking at me evil. He's like, what the fuck's he doing now? Chris has been mind-blown by literally how I genuinely don't take notes. It's blown his right. mind. Of course, he's, yeah. He's, he's seen it first, Andy. He watched me. I'm behind the curtain and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's seen how I do films and how I do podcasts where he's sitting there with his phone he's got his notes ready and I'm just it's all in here it's all in here okay. including the special that will be 0.5 it's all in here I'm looking forward to um, yeah I'm looking forward to the quiz coming out of your head this well, is be... well I tell you nothing about it <laughs> well, originally like I normally have it written on the phone but I was like oh he's going to be sitting next to me so I've had to design a quiz that's in my brain right okay <laughs> so well, that sounds, that sounds like a horrible idea, but okay. <laughs> I'm terrified. Anyway, 
That's point five. Let's start with point number one on the Temple <laughs> podcast. What is the point? The point this week. The year 2000s British crime comedy Snatch. Netflix has called it British comedy, but I might say the word crime off of, uh, of IMDb as well. Written and directed by Guy Ritchie. Famous for Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Rock and Roller, Sherlock Holmes and Aladdin, which is still hilarious that you did Aladdin <laughs> mixed in with the rest of those. We covered him in the Rock and Roller episode. He won't be in the Template Podcast Universe later on, so I can spoil Chris by saying we've done Guy Ritchie before. And he also was in both films, I think, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, in a very small part. Um, so we won't go too far to Guy Ritchie, and Andy already slagged him on the last episode coming into this, so we don't have to go back to that again. Starring! Oh, yes, I will. So the opening credits pretty much just lists the main actors in alphabetical order, and the end credits list the whole cast in alphabetical order. So I've had to just go with who I think are our top three stars, main characters of the film. Starring as Turkish, Jason Statham, famous for Crank, Fast and Furious, Spy, and The Meg. The internet has told me that's his famous film. The Meg 2, that's going to be amazing. The Meg 2, not too far away now. I'm going to start a trailer, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It does. <laughs> Sharks can't swim backwards, so it Buddha beached itself. <laughs> Sharks can't also destroy dinosaurs, but it happens in this film. Uh, not in... <laughs> uh, so yes, Jason Statham, we have covered him before, as I mentioned Crank there, so I won't go too far down the road with him. Co-starring as Mickey, Brad Pitt. Famous for 12 Monkeys, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Moneyball, and Ad Astra. I don't know why those are the four films it picked out. It's why Bad Pitt's oh, shit. But, um... <laughs> I've got his name, but I haven't got his films on the, the TPP universe. Ah, okay, so we have done him before. Chris is going to have to try and scramble and try and remember what films Brad Pitt is in. I've just seen how he, how he does his thing. He <laughs> Ah, okay, right. And our third star, I only went as far as three because there's a million people in the film, as Tommy, Stephen Graham. I feel like he's probably third third main character. Famous for Snatch, basically, is what kind of kicked him off being a big actor. He was in bits and pieces and did other things and all that, but Snatch was his breakout as far as I can tell. After that, he was in a couple of episodes of Band of Brothers, which may sound small, but Band of Brothers was the biggest thing in the world for about a month, and he was in a quarter of the series or whatever it was. Gangs of New York, this is England. Every single variation, whether it be films, TV or otherwise, he seems to be in. Public Enemies, he was in most of Boardwalk Empire's Al Capone, which I think is his most famous sort of kind of career-making role. He's in two of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, which confused me when I found two different names for one of those two films, but I think he's only in two most recent Pirates of the Caribbeans. He was in one season of Line of Duty very recently, in The Irishman, Boiling Point, and in Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, which I'd forgotten that he was in. But yeah. he was one of the main people in that. I think he was, was he the policeman trying to catch everybody in that? Aye. Anyway, he was in that. I don't know if, I think he will be in Venom 3, but I could be wrong in that. So that's Stephen Graham. He does a lot of everything. Like he shows up in random places like these sort of actors do. On to the film Snatch itself on a budget of £6 million. I've got that in pounds. It opened in the US first weekend, twenty eight thousand dollars is all it took. It's opening. Twenty eight pounds. Twenty eight pounds. Its final US gross, however, was thirty million dollars. I believe a lot of that would be built on the back of Mr. Pitt. Uh, he would sell the film over there. Final worldwide gross for Snatch, eighty three and a half million dollars. So a big money maker, even though I've crossed pounds and dollars there, you can still tell six to eighty three and a half is a big. Big golf and a big gain, I would say. 
Released 1st of September, the year 2000, in the UK. Didn't launch nationwide in America until the 19th of January. So a big gap in between. That meant it was eligible for the 2001 awards season. And I won't dilly-dally too long. Not one nomination at any award ceremony that we cover for this film, whether good nor bad. Nothing whatsoever. In terms of other awards, they only won a few. Mainly it was Guy Ritchie. Vinnie Jones got like a British actor award for something. And then the sound won an award as well. So not a massively award-winning picture is Snatch. Synopsis for Snatch. I was able to find one, so I didn't have to resort to AI making one. <laughs> At some point in the future, AI will be making a synopsis for us after we tested it last week. So this sounds like AI. Film Twob has written this synopsis of the film Snatch. Turkish and his close friend slash accomplice Tommy get pulled into the world of match fixing by the notorious Bricktop. Things get complicated when the boxer they had lined up gets badly beaten by Mickey, who comes into the equation after Turkish, an unlicensed boxing promoter, wants to buy a caravan off of travellers. They then try to convince Mickey not only to fight for them, but to lose for them too. Whilst all of this is going on, a huge diamond heist takes place, and a fistful of motley characters enter the story, including Cousin Avi, Boris the Blade, Frankie Fourfingers and Bulletooth Tony. Things go from bad to worse as it all becomes about the money, the guns and the damn dog. Who picked Snatch for us? It was Chris. Chris, why have we watched Snatch this week? Because my theme is unfinished business and I've tried to watch Snatch at least three or four times. I never got through an entire film for different reasons, whether I've been falling asleep or drunk. So... Which one of it was it on think... Tuesday when I got photographed? Both. It was both. Okay. Did <sighs> you once again fail to too much food, too much alcohol, and sleepy? <laughs> but you have in fact seen the film in the last week, so you have completed. I have yes. Um, had you seen it before, Andy? Hi. You had. I'd seen it a lot before, like several, several times, but not for I think at least ten years would be the last time I saw this film. But. This yeah, this was a, a formative film for me back. back I think this in the was there's definitely watched this at a Sean party what more than once. <laughs> Sean, Sean's party's always ended up watching this for Halloween apparently. Good choices. Which channel would we normally find it on? Channel, channel four. four. Absolutely, channel four. Nailed on. No debate. Which version did we watch? I watched the Netflix version, but I do own the DVD, which I have here. I have got, I think it's just about be like the first issue DVD, like the, the earliest, one of the ones where it brags that it's in widescreen. So <laughs> I've had this probably 20 something years. I've probably had I've almost said mine's are still in the wrapping. It's still in the wrapping. Another one of these is still in the wrapping. I've just realised I didn't look to see if there was a, an alternative version of this film, which is normally what I see. Uh, presumably you guys watched the Netflix version as well. Yeah. Yep most easiest to uh, to locate on the internet. I'll have a quick look at my source for versions. There is an, oh I don't remember God. much from the past viewings, so I don't know if there's changes to it. Uh, quite, apparently, the UK special edition DVD in, in features deleted scenes, but I think that would just be special, special features, I would imagine. So it might actually be on my DVD, but the film itself... Um, oh, in the American version, Turkish enunciates a bit more clearly in some of these voiceovers, so that might be the only version that we heard. So hard for us to tell if that was. Stephen's voice is majestic, though. 
<laughs> here we go. Uh, so yes, we all watched the identical Netflix version. I didn't even pop in the DVD uh, to check if it was the same one. On to point two then. Point two is the high points. Chris, you picked first time viewing. Why don't you start us off on the high points? Uh, I, normally we go for the start and say it's a banger, but it's quite slow. I, I quite enjoyed it though. I had it as a high point. Purely because I hope that it was done practically. As in, they literally sat in the security office and panned from one monitor to another while these guys walked through a series of corridors that were all set up with the cameras. Now, I can't prove either way that it was or wasn't done, but it looked like it was done practically. Therefore, I very much liked it. Although, trying to work out who was talking at times is quite difficult because I think the the audio might have been a different take from what the filming was. Most of it was all um, Benicio Del Toro, I think. Yeah. I think so. And also his very strange thick accent was quite hard to pick out as well because the music was playing as well. I, was like, I couldn't quite hear the story. I have, I've read what he was saying and it's quite an interesting little it's not quite Michael Pena but it's a good little uh, It's something like the Virgin Mary or something isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Like the, the, the term for virgin girl in Hebrew is similar to like something else. So his theory I think was that everyone was coming from around to see the virgin girl who was pregnant, not that the the saviour and the second coming of the the Lord was happening and all this sort of stuff. So uh, that was the theory, if I believe. So yeah, I would say this, it's, it's maybe a high point. It's a, it's, a, it's a minor high point, I would say. But what I do like, I don't know if you're going to go straight into the robbery or not. The um, I thought the robbery was quite good, and him stealing the diamond. Not I wasn't expecting the whole bunch of these Hasidic uh, Jews to be bank mm. robbers. Uh, but then straight after that, we get like the actual intro where they show you everybody's face and tell you everybody's character name. And I'm like, there are many films I would very much like this similar opening. Yeah, right? yeah. You're like, that's who that is. That's who the- you won't meet this person for 20 minutes, but that's who they are. Like, Vinnie Jones gets introduced at the beginning and you don't meet him until like halfway through the film. There's also so kind of many spoilers because all the scenes of the thing are things that happen in the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah later on. At one point, I- I'll spoil one of my stats. I was tracking the diamond. I thought, how many people had the diamond in the film? And like one of the first scenes after the robbery is cousin Avi holding up the diamond, and I'm like, all right. So now it's gone to Avi. It's like, oh no, wait, it hasn't yet. That's that's still to come. So uh, you're right. It did spoil a couple of bits. Yeah, uh, my general my first high point is uh, I think um, Four Fingers is talking to um, Avi on the phone, and every time it changes, his outfit changes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, and they're all a wee bit funny as well. It's not just like normal clothes. It's like bowler hat. It's like full tweed with a black cap. And it's also like you're. It's like a second. Like there's no way you could possibly have changed in that amount of time. And yeah, done for last. And then also the final reveal is there's no trousers on with his bowler hat, outfit, which is. I, like, I watched it the first time. I had no idea it was happening. And then I was watching with me. That's the way he was Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's before or after my my next high point. I mentioned this on the old school podcast, and that now makes me think. Between the year, I guess 2001 and 2004, films that I watched that's that's influenced my brain so much that everything I say is a reference to films I watched around because this film as well, like old school, has so many things that I say without knowing that it's from. Snatch. And the first one is the guy, two minutes Turkish with his sausages, and then five minutes Turkish. And it's like, <laughs> two minutes, 
five minutes ago, but I can't, I can't tell someone two minutes without saying Turkish after it. And it's like, it, it's clearly from this film because there's no way of, nobody else is called Turkish as, as Jason Statham introduces it's in the like film. A, a state of space after just like, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first time I was like, oh my God, I see that all the time. Um, Andy, any early high points from you? Uh, mine's is not going to tell Brad Pitt's introduction. Uh, I'm not coming up. quite there yet. I've got one minor one, which is the first time we meet Bricktop, where he basically tells the guy he's a dog and kills him, and then he's like, but I've no time for grasses either, and it kills the other yeah. guy as well. Uh, that's a good little scene. But I really, really enjoyed when we meet uh, Dog the Head when he walks into his jewellery shop and there's the young kids uh, or young lads all hanging about the door and they're like, it's a free country. And just the way he says, well, it ain't a free shop, so fuck off. <laughs> it's just a great a great line. He gets rid of them. Uh, it's another early high point for me. But I am not Mickey, so I don't know if Chris, if you get any other high points before we meet Brad Pitt. I'm at Mickey. Mickey as well. I've just got indecipherable Mickey is what I've got yep. with my first one. But the worst Andy, carry on with your high in the world, which is why I like it. Absolutely amazing. Like, he starts talking, I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? It's like, I've heard the word caravan, maybe, and then fight. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know what else he's saying. I have definitely seen this film so much, and I'm so used to his accent, that even in 10 years, I pretty much understand everything he says. Like, anytime he starts gibbering on, it's like, I hear a word I recognise, and I can kind of work backwards, and, oh, that was that, and it's like, even, I couldn't believe it when he does the bit later on where he's given the specifics of the caravan he wants for his mom. It's like even down to like the, I didn't want it, I don't want this one, I want not the rouge and she wants these throw pillows and periwinkle blue, but periwinkle blue is obvious but yeah, even that bit, I'm like I'm like fluent in Brad Pitt pinky <laughs> accent somehow. <laughs> but yeah, he... The caravan and they're just like, uh, well take your back, give us some money. Like, Why the fuck do I caravan with no fucking wheels? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping Bruce, uh, Chris's audio is work because I can't actually hear him in my headset anymore. You can't hear him at all. Well, I can hear him. I think through your microphone, Andy. Yeah. So he may have he may have broken something. I don't know. He's definitely broken something now because now he's gone silent. Yes, I don't know what he's done, but yeah, I can can hear him at a distance. Got lost some technical issues. Is that better? Nah. <laughs> so you can't hear him at all, no. I can hear him talking there. As long as he's okay for you. Well, again, I, can, I can have a conversation with him, but I think he's coming through your mic, I think. But I don't know how he's, how he's managed to break it. Anyway. Um, it's done. Did you uh, plug in and put it back in, Chris? Carry on. I'll carry on. I can, I can hear Chris fine. Well, I can hear him okay, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I, What's that better? Uh, far better, far better. You're back in Don't the move movie. your bell end. Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, so basically, Brad Pitt, his accent, unique, but it it kind of steals the film, really. Does, yep. uh, does yeah. Well, he's he's like the Hollywood actor at this time, isn't he? So yeah, he's the. I think if I remember correctly, I don't know if Chris has done the trivia research, but basically, Brad Pitt saw Lockstock and kind of wanted to be in the next one and. And uh, and did whatever he could in order to be in the next uh, next lockdown. The reason he's a piker is because he couldn't do a London accent. Right. Okay. <laughs> he can't do a piker accent either. So they they completely just went just go with it and see yeah. what happens. Just do you <laughs> do kind of Irish, kind of English. But while we're at the the thing, I love the fight where Goddess George is just beating the shit out of him, and he's just slowly taking his clothes off, and, and then up. he just goes, 
Okay. Whack. Done. I don't know if that's a twist. I've seen this film too much to know if that's a twist or not. But it's like him just completely knocking out the giant boxer guy with one punch. It's a good kind of that's the story development. Turkish and and Tommy need that boxer for their fight. They've already explained that he don't want to be in brick tops debt. And then Mickey with one strike has just taken out the uh, taken out everything that was important. Uh, so yeah, that fight that was a high point for me. Although I'll be. Albeit there are three fights in this film, and two of them last about a second, really, yep. when you think about it. I actually thought he'd killed George. Yeah, I think that's... Later on, you see her with his mouth brace. Yeah, because, of course, the, the, camera, was it the camera pans out of him lying flat on the ground with everybody over it, but then pans in on Tommy, and Tommy's crying, and uh, Turkish is saying, Tommy's thinking, I'm going to get buried in the ground. You don't, you don't deal with one dead body and let other person go, and it's like... And I couldn't remember clearly. Does he actually die? Is that why all the trouble starts? But no, yeah, Tommy gets out of there alive. One more line in passing. This isn't one I quote, but it made me actually laugh out loud. <laughs> Bricktop, when they're asking to replace the fighter. I don't care if he's Muhammad, I'm hard, Bruce Lee. You can't change fighters. <laughs> I was like, what a great creation of like the hardest person in the world. Muhammad, I'm hard, Bruce Lee. Uh, one I do say is when the guys are outside, our, our trio of pawn shop owners, basically, as we have Saul and Vinny, they're staking out the betting shop. Pass us the binoculars. Binoculars. Yes. All the time do yep. I say binoculars uh, in, the, in the same fashion. Any other high points? I've, I'm about halfway through mine at this point. I'm at the watch robbery now. Just the then guy, this guy is just sitting in the car in Big Tank Road. And um, they also went trying to thing and completely fuck it up. And this woman's just standing there like, <laughs> oh, nothing. <laughs> Safe in the she knowledge of the confident, yeah. yeah, I know. That's a big gun, like you say, like an anti-aircraft shotgun. <laughs> She's just like, there's nothing here. It's like I'd be like, well, like they could just kill me and run away. Like I'm, <laughs> I'd still be scared, but she was confident. And I was like, they fucked it. They shot himself in the leg. And then Tyrone just, oh, they can't get in. It just opens the door and just like, what are you oh, let's go. Are we supposed to think that they only tried to push the door? Is that what we're supposed to think? think or so. was it actually a security measure that you could bypass by opening from the outside? Which doesn't seem like the most secure door. No, I think they must have tried to push it. So done. Yeah. In their it's panic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Ty- Tyrone is a high point for me. I love that guy. Tyrone is. <laughs> it's quite funny. Just, just like even when he's getting like tortured and like then like the Vinnie Jones bit that's coming up, it's just like I just loved it all. Everything he was in. Even the bit when Vinnie Jones is like, like going to show, it's like, oh, it's your lucky day. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, at the end, where it's like, he would have killed him if Boris hadn't eaten like 20 bullets. <laughs> <and> <laughs> uh, one very minor high point, but I, I just enjoyed it so much. When Errol and, and John, the two henchmen, are in Turkish's house surprising him that, that we're waiting for you here. And Turkish starts to get scared and steps back and bumps into Bricktop, who's behind him. And Bricktop just goes, eh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that signifies. I don't know what it was. But it was just the way it just kind of goes. It just kind of just takes the sort of hit off of him, and it just kind of grunts in a strange fashion. Just unusual. Uh, another line. No, thank you, Turkish. I'm sweet enough. Whenever someone doesn't need any sugar, uh, I say I'm sweet enough in a similar fashion to that. It's impossible not to. Yeah, yeah. Impossible not to. 
Next high point for me is the coursing, which is when they chase the, the hare with the dags, uh, intercut with Errol and John chasing after Tyrone. Uh, like at the same time, you see the run, the, ba- the bunny running away and Tyrone running up the street and them chuck him at the back of the car and I'm getting tortured. Including the music is really good in that scene. However, that particular piece of music, I don't know which one it was, was ruined by being used in absolutely everything for the six months after this film came out. It was in every advert, every TV show, every sort of sports thing would have this the same bit of music that was over the like that that sequence, which kind of takes away from it a bit. I've heard that music a million times, but I like I like that. That's I mentioned last was it last week where building the perfect film for me would have like the the angry police captain. It also has two similar things happening but spliced over the top of each other, usually involving pain or punishment to a human being and a similar thing happening in, in nature. That would be in my perfect film that I put together. Uh, One of my ultimate high points in this entire film is the introduction of Vinnie Jones. Yeah. To Vinnie Jones comes in. Yeah, it's just, that's next level. Even just his introduction where he's like, I took like seven bullets. And he just like chops that Japanese dude up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the whole thing. And then, then you've just got the, that's when the, this film really picks up. I think you're right. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's like kind of like after start, and then when they get in the box and stuff and all that. Me and Chris have a little friends nap on the sofa. Oh. <laughs> like I took a picture of Chris falling asleep, and I'm pretty much drifted off after that. And then, then he snoring woke me up, and then Vinnie Jones is on the screen. I'm like, here we go. This is it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of when the I don't know the, the diamond, the sort of chase for the diamond. Yeah it's going because like boris takes off with it for a while and it's kind of he's looking after it and then yeah once Vinny jones is there they start you've got like three different gangs all trying to get the diamond plus you still got turkish and that lot in the background dealing with mickey and bricktop so uh uh yep another one what have i told you about thinking which is something that bricktop i say that all the time uh whenever someone messes up i was like what have i told you about thinking See, this is why Chris picked this, because Sean and Blair and all that, they all quote this all the time. I, I, it's, I, it's a very quotable film. It is very quotable. Like, literally, if I looked at my high points, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, start with, like, quote marks. Like, it starts <laughs> with that. Like, here's a sentence that said, I like that bit, and it's also this bit, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it's so quotable. And even accidentally by me, all these years later, saying these things. <laughs> a minor one but it just it cracks me up <laughs> what are you doing Tony after Tony's been introduced this is you and Bremner what are you doing I'm driving down the street with your head in my window what do you think I'm doing you penars it's <laughs> <laughs> the way he just calls him a penars and it just absolutely cracks me up it's just, again it's the the way it's written the way it's delivered is just perfect it's just absolutely just oh it just does me so much <laughs> Uh, any other high points? I've got a couple of major ones to go, but I'm I'm, I'm running out of my quotes. I'm at a major one there. What's that? Um, a bullet uh, to try to kill Boris after like the car crash and Boris has been captured and all that stuff, and he just wanders in, and he's just like shooting through the wall. <laughs> and he just walks back through. It, and Boris is just like, he's like bang, 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 uh, bang, <laughs> and it's like. Yeah, uh, you haven't got me yet. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. I, I should, then, did, did you count for stats how many bullets it took to kill him? Uh, I, I yeah, nine. Know. Nine, okay, good, nine. Spoiler for later. It is a, <laughs> it's a good Black Knight uh, uh, scene, like Black Knight from Monty Python. Where, uh, is that all you've got kind of scene? <laughs> Uh, I've got one, the scene right before that, or the bit right before that, I really like the, the I can't call it the other than the cars scene, where the, our three different squads all in their cars basically going to the same place. Uh, with the whole 
I don't want him to be shot. I don't want him to be stabbed. It's like, do you, not, do you want to kill him or not? It was quite good. And then testing the replica gun in the car and all of the windows just smashing out. And they're like, ah, what are you doing? It was really good. But then when one of them knocks down someone that we can clearly see is Boris, but Boris is meant to be in the back of the of a different car and then the other car is like following to go and get Boris and all that and then I really like the reveal after Tommy talking about evolution and cows and all this stuff that it's all like in the wrong order like we're actually not even watching it backwards we're kind of watching it kind of all higgledy-piggledy and we don't know and then the very end, they end up at Boris's house. And he comes in straight past them, or grabs Tommy by the nuts, and he goes back with a machine gun, uh, and then leads into Chrissy's scene in the in the pub with that. Uh, just before that, the uh, the scene where they they beat up or go to beat up Turkish and smash his fruit machines, while they set fire to Mickey's mum's caravan with the massive attack, the song Angel playing as well. That's where the real okay, well the bad guy's gone too far now. That's a really good scene where you're like, okay, I, I really want to see the good guys come out on top here and and brick top. While he has been hilarious, needs to uh, needs to get his comeuppance. Oh, I liked his explanation how to kill people with pigs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, very in depth. What was it? Two pounds of human flesh every yeah, a minute. Okay, something like that. Greedy as a pig. <laughs> uh, I've really only got one more high point, and it's the final boxing match. So if anyone's got anything else, or if you want to run yeah. with it. Go ahead then. I was basically just sorry, go. Did you see that? Hey, you're basically just um, break top is good as getting uh, taken by the pikers. Yeah. Well, I'd have the boxing match as well. Uh, Again, the song choice, Oasis, uh, as Mickey is coming in and him fighting with the crowd is a good start. And him being a terrible fake boxer and not being able to like work a boxing match, he can only do it properly. Uh, but yeah, and then the, the boxing match, the shot of Brad Pitt getting uppercutted and just kind of flying through the air uh, is one of the scenes that sticks with me from this film. And then, yeah, the, the pikey's turning the tables on the on the goons at the end, yeah. which, I mean, you can kind of feel it coming, really, because like, they're not just going to wipe out the good guys. But yeah, it's, it's a good resolution uh, to that. And I think after that, they do a reasonable job of wrapping up the diamond chase with the... Uh, the Turkish and Tommy going back to the campsite and finding the dog there. Uh, it's a good. I'll little... bring that down. It's a slight low point. Just out of nowhere, the police just rock up. Well, it kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense, I guess, because there would be like a whole bunch of missing people. Uh, I guess, like, because they killed twelve of them at the campsite. I think so. It's like, uh, yeah, the police would be investigating around there. There might have been. There might have been cars on fire. They'd probably try and get rid of evidence and all that sort of stuff. So it kind of makes sense. I think it was a bit short with the uh, Saul and Vinny that they just get arrested because they have <laughs> they have uh, Frankie in the boot at that point. But uh, that was quite good. Any other high points or is that us on the best? No, I can, I can feel my heart pounding in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exciting. <laughs> on to the low points. I don't know if it's is it, is it adrenaline getting ready for low points, Andy. Why don't you start Aye. us off with low points? Guy motherfucking Richie. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking low point. <laughs> Just he, he has elements like this. This is uh, what do you call him again? Uh, the other director I hate. All of them. Tarantino. No, not Tarantino. The, uh, in, the, no. Oh, Nolan. Christopher ah, Nolan. Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. He has like an idea, and and then he decides to put his own like where J.J. Abrams puts a little bit of lens flare, and you can deal with that. 
Guy Ritchie loves a fucking split screen, multi mashup, slow mo camera angles. Like, fuck, pick one. You have one. You can have one thing, but no, he's always got multiple things. Like, every one of his films annoyed me. annoyed me. Yeah. It's like Sherlock. Sherlock's an actually an alright film, but then when he puts the Guy Ritchie flair on it, it's like, fuck off, you prick. <laughs> we know it's a Guy Ritchie film. You plastered your name on the front, it's fucking Guy Ritchie's Sherlock. I don't give a shit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I hate Guy Ritchie. I'm, but you hate all directors. I don't oh, know. It's some somebody who. Well, I suppose you like Kevin Smith. But apart right. from him, you just slay everybody who creates a film. I don't know what it is. Oh, no, it's just, it's just bit, like, this is like mobster film. Like, even uh, Rock and Roll didn't have this many fucking, like, this was him. I think this was him trying to get his feet in. It's like, right, I've done Lockstock. I can, let's see what fancy shit I can do. And then he went, oh, wait, that was a bit too fancy. I'll tone it back. I'll do Rock and Roller. Because that was way, way more toned back than this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he's, yeah, it's just, just, just too many techniques. Too he many also techniques tried other things. Uh, like, Lockstock and Snatch are the same. And then he went and tried other things, most of which got absolutely panned. And he's like, yeah. oh, damn. Right, I'll go back and make a London crime film again. I'll do Rock and Roller. And yeah, let's like say it's a bit more bit more of a movie than it is like a, a London crime film. Uh, Chris, any low points from you that aren't the director of the film? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Brad Pitt's pikey accent. Okay, I'm, all the other Irish or other pikeys I could understand. And his was just gibberish. <laughs> You've just not got a keen enough ear, Chris. Well, every now and again, like I said, I thought of you like, uh, what the fuck about a camera with no wheels for? Or drag bags and all that shit. I would say you're entitled to your opinion, but I think it's kind of the point, is it not? Um, yeah. Like, it's written into the film that they don't understand what the hell he's banging on about half the time. So Subtitles, that's what we need. I mean, I never tested mm-hmm. it out, but I wonder if they do fully subtitle what Brad Pitt says, because on the one hand, it would help, but on the other hand, it takes away from the, you know, I actually supposed to know what he's banging on about. So, uh... The same, there was like a film where, I don't know, like, for example, Jack and Chad, who can speak English but broken, they would have subtitles underneath it or something like that sometimes. Mm. But you know, maybe it'd be funnier if it was that way. Maybe, yeah. I was actually he was speaking, but it was subtitled instead. Yeah, yeah that, that would be quite funny. And of course, because it's Brad Pitt, the extra joke is normally we could easily understand what he's saying. It's not because he can't speak clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be more of a comedy film. Maybe they would do that. Uh, I've got my first low point is, is is a very nitpicky one, but I think it actually is one major problem I had with the flow of the story in this film. So Boris shoots Frankie Fourfingers upon finding him with the briefcase attacked, attached to his wrist and his name being spoken and he can't have it found out that the Russians are behind it and all that. So he shoots Frankie, but for some reason, and I cannot think why, Vinny and or Saul have put the stone back in his case again. So Frankie's arrived with it in the case. They've got out of the case to be like, oh, Boris, we want half of this stone. And Boris is like, you can't have it, but you can have the 10 grand. And they're like, no, but we do want half of it. They decide at that point, oh, well, we'll go put it back in the case and shut the case again. <laughs> and then they kill Benicio Del Toro. So that, first of all, I'm like, I don't know why they would have done that. But then also, why did they close the case up if they didn't know the code? Because surely they want to, well, we're going to want that stone, so we should just like keep it open because we don't know the code. But also, how don't they know the code? Because they kidnapped Frankie with the briefcase shut. So at some point between him being kidnapped and it now, it has been opened. And 
why wouldn't you just ask him the code and if he told it and open it? Or why wouldn't you watch him when he's doing it to fight? Like, there's no reason to not know the code. And it really annoyed me that there's this whole thing just did not make any sense to me. Was Guy Ritchie. That's, that's, yeah. That makes sense. That's, uh, that's well, his with, with, Within all that, you've got a, you have another low point of mine, which was getting rid of Benicio del Toro. Because he seemed like an interesting character which never really got a story. That... Yeah, I feel like they might only have had him for a short period of time for yeah. film. And like oh, I was like fascinated, and luckily Vinny Jones kind of took his place. But I was fascinated by this guy, whereas like the other low point is there's too many characters I didn't give a shit about. Like mm. I'm a Jason Statham mark, but I really didn't give a shit about what they were doing most of the time. It's like all right, mm. you're just fixing a boxing match. I don't care. Yeah, he's not in it, Jason Statham. Yeah, he's the narrator. He's, he's he's kind of meant to just be watching everything else go by, but he's actually really involved in it as well. And yeah, it's weird. And it just kind of annoys me. It's just like you've got all these people. It's like there's too many stories going on, and uh Okay, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, any little points from you? I'm going to drain uh, my sorrows now. It's <laughs> another like nitpicking one. Like, Abby, it would have taken Abby it was a, a day, two days to travel from America to London, and nobody's moved at all. <laughs> it would take him two days. Oh, it was a Concorde. It was fast, isn't it? Yeah. Was he, still, he, like, he could have arrived the next day. Like, okay, what was that? Concord was five hours from New York to London, so that sounds sounds fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's fine. He could have left it like the afternoon in America and made it before the morning in the United Kingdom. So yeah. And uh, uh, apologies. Uh, Are we boring you? <laughs> Sleeping. Uh, I four fingers was unconscious in the back of that van for that whole time before Tyrone found him. Or was he just trapped because he could get the car out? I think he was unconscious for a while, yeah. but then obviously he was trapped because the car was there, so he couldn't have got out. But yeah, I think they did knock him out at one stage because he kind of stumbles out, kind of holding his head when they finally do move. Uh, um, Big Tyrone got him. Big Tyrone was like, guy with four fingers in a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, my only other low point I have is it's, it's in the film, but I don't understand it outside the film. I don't understand underground illegal boxing matches, especially the way it's depicted in this film. Like, these boxing matches are illegal and against the law, and you shouldn't be doing them and all that. This one, or these ones in this film, are like, they, they don't shy away from being like, he's going down in the fourth round. Yeah, he's going down. Spread yeah. the word around. He's going down in the fourth round. Yeah, how do you make money? Yeah. And then, like, so that's all the big guys, the big important people there are all betting on that. Who's everybody else? Because you need tickets to get in. You need to be. You have to go through like five security guards to get in there. Who's everybody else that's betting on it? And then when it comes to the last fight, it's like Mickey, you're not trying hard enough. This place is going to kick off if you think it's fixed. It's like, well, tell Bricktop to tell everybody <laughs> it's fixed then. And it's like, I don't understand. Like, why did it even happen in the first place, if not for the betting? But if you're, I've got like I don't know, two brain cells to rub together. You know it's fixed one way or another. So I guess it's the gamble. What you don't know is this match is fixed. I have to just guess which round it's fixed for or which way it's supposed to go. Because really you want to bet on the outsider in any one of these ones because surely that's where the money is. So yeah, underground illegal boxing. I just don't I don't get it. <laughs> How much was that diamond worth, by the way? Oh, it was 30-something carat, wasn't it? So. I can't remember what did the value. Ever, did they ever say what the value is in it? I don't think so. That's my low point, is this whole film is basically based on the diamond. And it doesn't seem like it's like worth billions or like like millions. It just it's like... Millions. Yeah, a couple of million. It just seems like a lot of effort for a couple of million. But 
I guess so, but to these people... And, that, like, and it, then you're going to have to fence it to somebody and then people are going to know what that diamond is because everybody knows what that diamond is. So how do you how do you cut it? I get... Well, the whole thing is, if you think about it, Turkish is living in a caravan somewhere. And it's like, so he... Even, like, a couple hundred grand is a lot of money to him, I guess. Like, when you think about it. Yeah, but there's easier way to just make some more money. Like, rather than, like, this specific diamond that everybody that knows about... It just, it just, I don't know, it just seemed like a bit of a weird one, like, as a specific diamond that we're going for, rather than just going, ah, I'm just going to rob, like, this bit, or we'll go rob well, this, or, like, an ATM, or whatever. Well, really, specifically the diamond was, Frankie stole it because it was there, and then Boris was getting it. Like, he got the message that he yeah. had. This time. But other than that, everybody else kind of fluked their way into it, really, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. I guess Avi was wanting it, because Frankie was going to give it to him, presumably. So, Why would Frankie want it? I think he was stealing it for Avi, I think. Right. So, so really, it's just the three them want it, and then Doug the Head knows what it is, basically. But everybody yeah. else... Oh, yeah, sorry, that's what yeah. Frank Butcher, Fred... He said, he's he's he Doug. He's Doug, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't he want it? I guess because he just deals in... He deals in... Well, he looked like he was sound enough for money like he had quite a rich expensive looking shop going on so i think he's okay well he's he's a low point for me as well while we're on him because anytime i see somebody from eastenders coronation street emmerdale the great british soaps i instantly when i'm watching no matter what i'm watching it's like what's well, a low budget film in it <laughs> that's <laughs> like, really like him in this <laughs> like, and, but that's the problem he's good in it but i'm literally just watching it's like you're from eastenders you're from, like, frank butcher and it just every single time it takes me out, it's like, or somebody pops up from casualty, and it's like, you know, it's, it's I don't know, I suppose it would have been the same if I watched like ER and George Clooney. Yeah, like, exactly. I can't take you seriously. You're you're a TV actor. Do you look like, at the Marvel movies and think these are cheap because that Chris Hemsworth used to be in Neighbors? Do you think yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's that, but like, I never watched Neighbors, but like, as like, growing up, like, my mom and dad, like, they watched these other shows, but like, yeah, if I was watching Neighbors and Marco Robbie was in it, I'm like, Neighbours, you can't be fucking Harley Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just takes me right out of the film, and yeah, straight away it's like, hey, you're from EastEnders. This is a shit film. This is a low budget film. Like, why are you in it? And, but he's actually good. It's like that's the issue. So it annoys me. Clearly, uh, I'm at a low point, so feel free to tidy up with any others if you've got any more. I got out. Uh, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> he did that one. That, that's already covered. On a point four, then the stats. What we thought the best bits and not the best bits and things. I always say that in there. Our normal stats that I track every week, statistics-wise, eight shits, which is very low, but one hundred and fifty-nine f bombs <laughs> and three c bombs. Since it's a British film, I had the old c bomb counter. Can't just means person. No explosions, though. Not one. It was a fiery caravan, but it didn't it's explode. A caravan block either, did it? Uh, 19 deaths. 12 of them were the, the massacre of the goons by the pikies, and then the others were all various characters throughout, including uh, Mickey's mum and all that sort of stuff. So 19 in total. No cows, no goats. Dead animals. We had a, a dead dag in the, in the dag <laughs> fighting. It was dead. Pedo. This is a low-key one, but I think it's definitely a paedophile in this film. I think Mullet, Ewan Brenner's character, is a paedophile, because I'm pretty sure the implication is he's hanging around outside a school in his mm-hmm. suit with his fancy tie on. I think that's what's going on. That. Yeah, it's very kind of subtle, but I think that's what's happening. I feel like there might have been more, but they maybe took it out of the film. 
but that's what I think that's supposed to be. The Tom Cruise Taco Berry trifecta, absolutely nothing like it. Only running for a few characters, <laughs> but there's barely a female character in the film for them to get the girl, and there's no motorbikes uh, either. I mentioned a tract, the possession of the diamond. Eleven people or companies have the diamonds throughout. It starts in Antwerp. Frankie Fourfinger steals it. Vinny and Sol, Vinny and Sol get it off of him and they give it to Boris, i.e. Boris takes it from them. Cousin Avi gets it off Boris, Vinny and Sol get it back again, then Avi gets it back again, then the dog ends up eating it. A vet has it at one point who gives it to Turkish and he gives it to Doug the Head at the end of the film. Eleven different people have the diamond throughout. Did they say the thing? Did they say yes. snatch? One time. When was it? Because I missed it. <laughs> when the dog uh... snatched it off him. There you go. So that is the snatch. I I, I was low-key quite confident that they didn't say it in the film, but yes. I, I was sitting on like doing the, the meme of, uh, what do you call them? Pointing. Said it. Said the thing. <laughs> the whistle as well, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. me for stats. Chris, you've already ruined one of yours, but carry on with uh, your stats. Yeah. I was going to count how many times there were snatches in the film. There was only two where the dog snatches the ball and Ah, oh, fuck, I can't remember. Oh, Vinny snatches the, the gun. Right, like, yeah. Ah, yeah. There was like, nobody snatched anything else off anything. I was quite I mean, disappointed. The, the dog was pretty much snatching at everything in the two or three scenes. So. Three then. Yeah, he snatched the diamond. Oh, there you go, yeah. But it was like attacking coats quite a lot in the film, so I don't know yeah. if that counts as snatching. Uh, any other two nut shots. There we go. Uh, yeah. A shotgun that hits uh, Lem in the balls. And then, obviously, the guy hits, hits on the balls. Boris hits uh, this guy. Tommy. Tommy. Uh, one thing I meant to ask, I'm always confused. There's the guy who comes up to Bricktop after the box, the failed fixed boxing match. And the guy's like, if you come up to me again, I will cut your Jacobs off. And he shoves, like, a, a knife. I think he knifes his leg or something. It must be his leg next to his Jacobs. Um, because I always wondered what it was. Because the guy's like, oh, oh, oh. He makes a funny noise and then holds his hand up as if covered in blood. So, yeah, presumably it's his leg rather yes, than... Yes, Jacobs, uh, crackers. His knackers. His knackers, yes. I, I got the... Yeah, but he didn't do yeah. it. He says, next time, I'll, it'll be your Jacobs. And then he goes... Yeah. And then the guy, fair, everybody else walked up to him and the fight was fixed, but he picked for this one guy. I think that guy was of a lower, uh, I don't know, lower on the totem pole than the other people that he had told it was going to fix. I think the guy was way out of his league. I think. Uh, is that us for stats? Oh no, Andy, you've got a, a fun fact for us about the a, fun, film. a fun fact. Chris genuinely has movie narcolepsy, is what I found. As soon as it comes on, is that it? Yeah. Like I mean, within five minutes, he was gone. To be fair, I was guard yesterday. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you said like this was unfinished business, so you said you were trying to watch this for multiple times. So luckily, I'd already seen it before I came down. Ah, so yeah, straight, straight away for that part one reason. Gone. <laughs> I'm gonna send movie narcolepsy. It's real. How far do you think he made it? Like, what what had happened when he was already asleep? Oh, I was barely. It was just that. after the Jews. Right. So the the back happened. Yeah, and then there was a kind of lull period. Then he snore, and I was kind of. Drifting off of that like boring bit, and then I fucking woke up. But then, yeah, then he was gone again. Like when they were trying to do the caravan speeches and stuff like that, caravan. he was gone. Okay, <laughs> okay <laughs> so, on a... he has movie narcolepsy. On a point five, the ten point podcast quiz. We've already heard about it, so Andy, why don't you start us off on this? Right, well, I'm, call I'm calling this uh, quiz snatch because mm. uh, was it you or Chris that snatched victory last week? Oh, you? that's a good question, Chris. Oh, I Chris. Yeah, Chris snatched victory, so 
we're going to do something very similar where what you have to do is you can each take it in turns telling me a number so you basically guess how many you think you can answer right okay i'm glad it's not a beat in the buzzer one here because chris yes. has a massive advantage over me here so, so, yeah. so, 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 yeah. <laughs> so basically i'm going to say like i'm going to say something like uh name colors oh, and then right, bruce will okay. start going i can name two colors right chris can go i can name three colors and then oh, and, then, and, and then and then you can just call bullshit and then ah. you've got to make the other person name all what it is right so you're, you're basically bidding so i yep. betting on how many you can do mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. So first category we shall do. Hold on until I get it up. Because why is it called? It's called snatch because Chris snatched victory last week. Is yes, that the, this quiz is called snatch? Yes. Right. Okay. Because you're, you're snatching each of those victories. You can you can try and snatch it. Fair enough. Ah, oh, we're trying to snatch victory. I see. You're trying to snatch victory. Right. So this one there's a maximum of ten. Okay. Okay. There's a, there is a limit on this one. So right. I want you to bid on. How many of the top 10 grossing movies of all time you can name? So, Bruce, what's your number? How many could you do? Ah, two. Two. Could you do more than two, Chris? I have to do four. Four? Can Bruce do more than four? Is he going to make Chris try and name all four? And if Chris gets it wrong, obviously Bruce gets the point. That's how this works. I'm go- I've got a challenge. I'll see if Chris can get four. I'll play it. You've got to name four of the top 10 grossing movies of all time, Chris. Right. Avatar. Correct. Avengers Endgame. Correct. That's as far as I would have got. That was my two that I had. And I was like, I could name them definitely. To, to let you know, those are the top two. Of yeah, exactly. Time. Exactly. Uh, Super Mario. That's too early. That is too early. You're wrong. Fuck. Does he get unlimited guesses or did he have nope, to get that? That's it. Right, okay. Yay! Exactly. You could have had Titanic, Star Wars Force Awakens, Avengers Infinity War, Jurassic World, The Lion King, Avengers... Fast and Furious 7 and Frozen 2. I would have had Shosh. I had I get my head. I would have gone Infinity <laughs> War for definite and I'd have gone Titanic. But I, that's why I, was, I wasn't sure about 5. I didn't think right. I could get I just, I read somewhere that it broke a billion. Um, you did, Mario. Yeah. Right. Next category. I get it. Once again, this, this has a limit on it. I'm looking for the top 10 again. So anything, if it's not in the top 10, it doesn't count. Yep. Okay. The top 10 Brad Pitt movies. On what sort of scale rating? Box office budget. Box office takings? Yeah, takings. Right. Yeah, so. Okay. so movies he's been in, the takings. Right. Chris, you go first. How many can you do? Three. I'll say four. I'm going to say bullshit. Go. Right. Okay. Four. <laughs> uh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, that is one. Ocean's Thirteen. That is not one. Ah! I was going to say Deadpool 2. Nope. Oh, okay. That's pretty fucked anyway. It was Fight Club, Inglourious Bastards 7, uh, The Curse of Benjamin Button, Once Upon a Time, 12 Monkeys, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Moneyball, and Legends of the Fall. I can't believe another Ocean's in it. I, 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 I thought they were two bankers. Be like, oh, <laughs> and I could be like, right, probably seven, and then probably Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, that's annoying. Damn it. Right. Next category. UK... Football stadiums. <laughs> All right, Bruce, you start. How many could you do? Uh, 10. 12. 10. 20. I'm going to say, go for it. Oh, UK football stadiums. Right. Ibrox, 
Celtic Park or Parkhead if you want to. Hamden Park, Tynecastle Park, Easter Road, uh, Fur Hill, Fur Park. I'm not even out of like Central Scotland yet, by the way. <laughs> Palmerston Stadium. You can have that if you like. Let's go to England then. So James's Park, the Riverside Stadium, Stadium of Light. Stop uh, me. He's one that has to get get. Anfield, Goodison Park, uh, Old Trafford, the Etihad. Let's go Elland Road, City Ground. Well, so we go. Let's go to London now. The Emirates Stadium, Stamford Bridge. Oh, Villa Park. Forgot about Aston yeah, Villa. He's done it. He's done it. He's done it. <laughs> he did it. With ease. Very brisk at that point. Okay. I want you to name classic black and white movies. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Very big. One. <laughs> He's waiting for one. Uh, up the ante, I'll go four. Four? No. Can we see four that far on my list here? <laughs> Psycho? Does that yep. count? Yeah. Uh, Some like it hot? Okay. Yep. Like Casablanca? Yep. Black and white. Is that three? Uh, so you need one more on my list. Oh, uh, oh, what's it called? Oh no! Oh, he's struggling. No, I'm not struggling. I can think of a film, but I can't remember what it's bloody well called. Uh, right, ignore that. Gonna have to hurry. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm knackered. No, he's done it. He's, he's panicked. He, he My panicked. one was Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I did. I got to one and I could not remember the name of it, so I will scream when you, you need to. You could have a castle. Um, you always said uh, Citizen Kane, Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, It's a Wonderful World, Psycho, Sunset Boulevard, Twelve Angry Men, The Lights. There's the list goes on. You have said any of those. Citizen Kane was what in my head. That, yeah, I knew it was, I knew it was one of the top. Ones. That was the four, and I'm, <laughs> because uh, Rosebud is in this film. The character of Rosebud is a, is a major thing in Citizen Kane. And I was like, oh yeah, that one. And then it came time to name it. I was like, I cannot remember the name of that film. <laughs> I can see scenes in it, and I can't remember what it's bloody well called. Damn. Right. Right. I, uh, my mind's gone blank because it's full of alcohol. So I'm wondering when this by default. So I think it's two two. I think at the moment. Yeah. Right. Let's let's do the tiebreaker. Right. Let's go for it. Right, Jesus. WWE wrestlers. <laughs> Does uh, it have to be during the WWE era or just all time? Well, actually, no. We'll, we'll narrow it down. We'll do WWE wrestlers during the Attitude Era. Right. So that's... And. And it has to be the Attitude Error name. <laughs> right, okay. okay. So, yeah. So we'll look at, what, 97 to 2001-ish. Oh, okay. that, yeah. Right. right. So, so this is tiebreaker. This is the, the, game this is tie, this, no, it's the same thing. It's tiebreaker. So you bid on it, and if you get it right, right. you get it right. If you get it wrong, okay. you know, get the points. He's been 12. 13. I'll go 15. I'll go 16. I'm going to go 18. <laughs> I'm going to go 20. 21. Oh. I'm going to say Chris can't name 21. Go right. I'm sure you're going to have to help me with this one. Make sure you say I'm right. <laughs> I will, oh, I'll 20, 21. I'll keep count. Uh, right. Stone Cold. Steve Austin. Austin. Right. Thank okay, you. We'll give him bits. We'll give him no way he's going. Ah, yeah, okay. The Rock. Triple H. The Road Dog Jesse James. <laughs> the Badass Billy Gunn. China. <laughs> Um, Farouk, Bradshaw, Undertaker, Kane, 
X Pack. Uh, right, draws. Deal with Brick. Brick. It's all draws out of nowhere. Um, Quick, Chris, I'm going to throw you. You're 13. Shit. He's panicking. 13. Oh, the mean she plusy. Um, Joy Abs. <laughs> uh, the Shane Mac. Oh, sorry, who was that? Sorry. Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, okay. Uh, Stephanie McMahon. 16. Uh, Ivory McAleen. Tory Milk. Tory oh, Milk. Uh, totally. Is that another cousin saying that? No, I don't know. you kind of have bought it. Right. Okay. So, um, why are you at? What do we need? Another three. I've got 18. Three, 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 three more. Three more. Uh, Trish Stratus, Lita, okay. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. I think he's, he's done, run away with it. He did it, he did it. <gasps> Somehow, he's stalled, oh, but what a fucking grab of the attitude. The Mean Street Posse uh, <laughs> uh, saved him, and he only remembered one of them. In a show, the Mean Street Posse, <laughs> Joey Abs. <laughs> there you go. Somehow Chris fucking pulled that out. No well done. <laughs> he snatched the victory again. Then he snatched victory again. Oh, I probably could have named more than 25, but I was, I was hoping it wasn't going to veer into tag teams, because then you double up there, but he did. He got there in the end. Very well done, Chris. Harder. Citizen's Kane. Oh, Christian, they've all come back to me now. Yeah. Citizen Kane's what through I'd have won easily. If I you almost had I knew, I knew you knew. I was like looking right at my list. I was literally looking at it and I knew you'd see it. That's <laughs> right, point six. Movies are than movies. No wrestlers are <laughs> than movies. The 10 point podcast universe, Chris. Let's see if you can name all of these. Probably not. Uh, I'll start with Gary Dippy because he was uh, the man reading the newspaper in the bar. Uh, <laughs> Rock and Roller, he was a uh, man riding the bike. Excuse me. Uh, Trevor Steedman, who was Bomber Harris, he was in Aliens as Private Wazowski. Presumably, he's one of the Marines, I would have said. Uh, Jason Statham, who was Turkish, he was in Crank. I completely forgot about Crank until like last minute. I'd forgotten uh, all the things he was in. Expendables. Yeah, I, I forgot we did that. Uh, Raddy Serbichia, who was Boris the Blade. Fair enough, I he was also worried about that name as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember him. He's the, he's the guy that he swaps coats with, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I, I blew my mind as well. For uh, Brad Pitt, this is what I forgot to put down. I knew he was in films. Seven and well. I thought we did it was a, Apparently he's in being John Malkovich. He was. He was interviewed on a red carpet. And they asked them about John Malkovich, and they must have just used it. And like it was a weird sort of real life thing that they probably said, to, "Oh, we're doing a film. Can you have a quick comment about John Malkovich, and we'll put it in the film?" Or something. Like, it, it wasn't like he was acting. I don't think. Right. Was that the only one? Yeah, just those two, well, seven, and and, and okay. John Malkovich. Yeah. Uh, Dave Logano. Oh, I can't remember who was in this. I've never John, seen it, but he was. A- he's the guy who's not Errol that goes to kind of beat people up for Bricktop. Uh, he was in Batman Begins as one of the League of Shadows. Uh, Big Vinnie Jones, Bullet Tooth. He was in Gone in sixty seconds. I feel like he's. I feel like he's like a a Temple podcast guy is Vinnie Jones, but he's only ever only just did Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah. I swear I could have done him as well again. Uh, Sam Douglas, who was Rosebud, who you just mentioned, he was a a New York cop in both Fifth Element and Highlander. Yeah, which is kind of funny. <laughs> he got a promotion in the Fifth Element. He was a chief New York cop. Yeah, I suppose it is further down in the timeline, isn't it? It's it's in the future. And hopefully, finally, Ewan Bremner, who was mullet, was in Judge Dredd as Junior Angel. Yep, is that the one? 
that's the only one I've got. That's the only one I. You got everybody else that I had there. So nailed, I would say, Chris. Well done. Have you recast us into roles in the film? I did. I'm totally Tommy. Fuck up. Uh, I'm obviously shooting like Tommy did. Uh, Mr. C is worthish. Uh, I put it right top. Right. Okay. <laughs> He's an adversary, is he? Yeah, I've seen him batter somebody even standing up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I could, like sit down across the table. So I went. Uh, there was another. Well, I agree. I can't disagree with you on something very specific. Cast had me cast us in different roles, and it's when Tyrone is moaning at them not to get anything on the seats in the back of his car, and I was like, <laughs> "That is Andy. That I have been there twenty times." When I, in fact, I was there one time where Andy was just a bit throttling Bly because he'd got something in the back of the seat. Um, so therefore, Andy has to be Tyrone, and I'm glad he, he's a big fan of him. Yep. So therefore, I thought, I'll be Saul and you can be Vinny, Chris. I feel like you'd be the more the soft, kind-hearted one that wants the dog out of you and me, I think. So uh, that's I went that route with us. We can run the pawn shop together. Could this film have come out in 1995? Basically, no. I think this there wasn't really a a market for this kind of film, like Lockstock is why this film exists, and that came out after 1995. Uh, there's nothing that dates it particularly, but I just think this sort of film wouldn't have got as big without Lockstock having come out first and all that, so it probably would not have happened. Dead Man Walking, well, the way they talked about Boris being the bullet dodger, I was like, well, he's definitely not dodging a final bullet in this film, and it was it was tough going towards the end. I thought, the, I thought he maybe was going to uh, get out of it in the end, but Boris... Who's in the wrong movie, though? Andy kind of mentioned it. I think Benicio Del Toro's in a different film, is mm-hmm. he not? And then disappears, and he's not in this one anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, it just seems a bit wacky. and it, I, Kind of, he's the MacGuffin at the beginning, and then it becomes the diamond. It's just a kind of weird role he had. And which trope uh, would I want to see die that was in this film? Speaking of the MacGuffin... The dog in the film eats the MacGuffin. Is the uh, that every time there's a dog, oh, he eats the thing. We have to wait for it to crap it out and all this sort of stuff. I'm sick of dogs. Just dogs don't eat absolutely everything, especially not the important thing for films that regularly. Any other tropes that need to die? Uh, I put pointless MacGuffins. Kind of like they were all fighting over this diamond that had nothing to do with the plot, basically. Exactly. I quite like that. Things like the Big Lebowski, where it's all about his rug, but the rug is like only matters to him. But the whole film is because of his rug. I quite like these sort of central uh, objects like that, personally. What about you, Andy? Any tropes? Uh, this was most noticeable in this film, even though there's been more films that had it, is uh, people not picking up their magazines that they discard from guns. Like, the magazine's a big part of the gun. Like, you can just put new bullets in that bill- bullshit. Right, okay. It's like, yeah, Vinnie Jones just literally just goes, Chucks it over across by Tyrone and then she pulls another one out, whacks it in. It's like, is he going back and picking that up later? Because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, loads of films seem to just like fuck the magazine. It's like, that is like 80% of your gun. Is it Nicholas Cage does it in Face Off, doesn't he? He's yeah. like, when he's two guns and they both come out at the same time and then he, yeah, it's like, <laughs> are they counting as well? Like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, yeah. I've got one left. I'll take that one out. Okay, good. Someone, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven. Yeah, no, I guess it's just. This, this one particularly just annoyed me. Just reload, like, like keep it, like put it in your pocket, fill it up with bullets later when you're got a wee break. Yeah, exactly. When you're not being shot at. On a point seven, then point seven is that one thing, the one thing this film has above all others. This one thing the film is most famous and most memorable for. Chris, what's your one thing? Drag bags. Brad Pitt is a gypsy. 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 Brad Pitt. A pike. Pixie a pike. Fucking hell. 
smashed. He's fleeing. My one thing is Brad Pitt as well, and, and for me, it is as I mentioned earlier that slow mo shot of Brad Pitt being uppercutted and him kind of going like that and then going flat out in midair and then his legs coming up. That image just sticks with me, and I was oh, that's snatches the boxing one with him like that. Andy, what's your one? Yeah, thing? pikeys and caravans. It's like I don't know why this film always <laughs> reminds me of caravans. I'll fight for a caravan. That's the, uh, the one. Okay, point eight nominations for the Ten Point Podcast Awards. We're coming into just about our final cycle here, so I need to get started on the pointies. So these are Chrissy's nominations. I usually tell him that he's right, wrong, or otherwise. Uh, you might have to thank so I'm all over the bit here. So I put best supporting as Benny Jones. Supporting, I had Stephen. I went very specific with my. I went Stephen Graham as best supporting because I quite like Tommy in this. I one. wouldn't give it to any, but there's too many. Cool. So it's just me. But and Chris. But, but, but I would like Vinnie Jones if I had to pick. Like Vinnie Fair Jones enough. is. Fair he's enough. got bits in it. And he's got a nice monologue. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's kind of in. Like especially compared to the Stinx role that we did. I mean, he doesn't say anything. He's a lot better. Like he's a lot. Yeah. That's because he wasn't allowed to say anything because uh, he didn't have his American accent license. That's right. Uh, what did you do with best acting, Chris, if anything at all? I left it blank. See, I went Alan Ford. That's Bricktop. I think he's so good in this and so enjoyable that I had to fit him in acting somewhere. And I feel like he steals the limelight and quite most of the scenes that he's in that I had to get him as being really good in it. And he also he's like, he's not in anything else, really. He's a kind of, he shows up in the background and other things, but I had to have him mentioned one day. I love it. I don't have anybody, so. I think Vinny's definitely supporting compared to Bricktop. Like, he's, he's, yeah. he's in it. It's a small bit. Um, I put best badass is Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> one punch yeah. boxing matches will do that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can probably could have ended that guy straight away, but he, like, he, he played with him. Yeah, exactly. Really. Uh, biggest Bellend was Big Top. He is, but I have him as best villain, and I think he's a far better <laughs> villain than he has. He, does not, he doesn't actually do anything. It's his goons that do all the work. Well, exactly, but they, like, they do it for him, because if, if they don't, then one of the other goons will come and get them. Like it's, uh... well, I can put him as both, because he does shock a dog. He does. He's a bit cruel to the animal. He's like, yeah, I feel like Bellend we do usually reserve for someone who shouldn't be a bad guy, but we get annoyed by them. But I feel like there really isn't anyone in this film. But I guess Andy would say Guy Ritchie would be biggest Bellend. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think we'll have to go double up on Bricktop right. as best villain and best, biggest Bellend, I think. Okay, uh, I put my best death as Tony's. Uh, because I didn't see, I didn't see him die. But it's ironic that once random bullet killed him instead of the six. I feel like, in a similar vein, Boris is the only one that could rival him, who also gets shot off-screen and killed off-screen, like, away from camera, if you know what I'm saying. So it's either whether you think, surprisingly, Tony's gone, and then Ari takes off and flies back home again, or Boris takes nine bullets to die. I don't know which one. Which one do you favour, Andy, to break our time? Bullets. Bullets. So Boris is the best death. Yep. Okay. Um, best plan is Mickey's uh, plan to take a big top. Uh, yeah, plans in this film. The Pikey's plan to kill everyone I've got is uh, it's certainly the most successful of all the plans that are made. Um, I've also got that as best twist. I didn't, I've underlined twist as in there needs to be a best twist. I don't know, is it Mickey being a great boxer out of nowhere? Is that a twist or is that just the story? No, because all gypsies are good. Yeah. They box and it's not a twist. Like, look at Tyson Fury. He's a gypsy king, isn't he? It is, fair point. Yeah, it's, it's hard to. Do the, I feel like the film's just fine. The film happens. It's not very twisty. I mean, it is twisty, but not like <gasps> twisty. Oh, why the fuck have I got 
Yeah. Mm. Oh, from Mickey, no? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best cameo. I think you and Bremner. Now, that one kind of works, I think. Uh, I don't have a best... I do actually. I've got you and Bremner as best cameo. Yes, I yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I have also got the Chris cameo award. Yep, as in, yes, I've got Jason Fleming as the Chris cameo yeah. award because Chris has seen him in things, and uh, he's in this as well, which seems to be the criteria for Chris's cameo. Yep. So uh, the retrospective cameo. He's yeah, like in the like, X Men now. Because he's ca- like he's in this because he was in Lockstock and he's pals with Guy Ritchie. And then he's going to be in the X Men. It's all it's Jason Fleming, yeah. But yeah, you're Bremner, I think, because he'd be four years, five years removed from train spotting at this point, and clearly doing it as a favour and kind of to be hilarious. So yeah, you and Bremner. Uh, I don't know why I've got this unexpected because I never noticed it, but apparently so calm in this. I think that's I think that's an urban legend. I read it too, and I went back. I went back to the scene where they go in past all the security guards. None of them are Saul Campbell. So, uh, like, right. I, I have him as my Danny John Jules, the most unexpected. But we just put Danny John Jules in it then, just in case. Maybe he was there as well. Yeah, but Saul Campbell's not in the like he's not in the film. He was there right. for filming allegedly, but you actually there's no evidence of him actually being in the film. So, oh, yeah. well, wipe him out then, because yeah. if you never seen him. I mean, would be yeah, so, like absolutely like I would maybe change the award to the Saul Campbell award, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it, he's not in not in the film. Uh, my best fight I put is Mickey versus Gorgeous George because you weren't expe- I wasn't expecting him. <laughs> I think I like the last one too much, and it is more of a fight. I had that, but okay. I'll, I'll 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 accept any other. Although one. actually, it's because uh, Gorgeous George is beating the shit out of him. Mm, I mean, cool. he stands up and cracks someone. Fair, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll switch to that because uh, yeah, it is a fight, and then it like, has the. <gasps> Oh my god, he killed him with one punch, should we think, but he didn't. Uh, my Michael Penny Award is in How to Kill People with Pigs. Mm. Yes, it is. I had that. I don't have an answer, mm. but yeah, definitely. Definitely the, uh, the eating them at two pounds a minute or whatever it is. I'll put this in because it's so cool about it. You like bags? For my best line. Best line, I am very passionate about best line. I said to you, I think, off podcast last week that this film has one of my all-time <laughs> most favourite line deliveries in cinema history. <laughs> and I will not... No one else... I, I'm in charge of the 10 Podcast Awards. This will be nominated, nothing else. <laughs> Which is... It's also best entrance for the exact same thing. It's Cousin Avi. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. <laughs> when he comes in and points at him. <laughs> but absolutely just... It is so poetic, so tuneful the way he's shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck <laughs> comes in. If I say that, I'm a bad person. <laughs> if anybody else says it, it's like, oh, that's a funny line. It is a funny line. Uh, but yes, like that, I just, I love it. And Dennis Farina will be, ever be one of my favourites because of the way he says that line in that scene. So I'm sorry, Chris, but it's that. <laughs> uh, my best animal is the squeaky bag. Daisy, oh, I've got written. <laughs> yeah, it's made up name at the last. The last. Uh, best entrance was Tony smashing a car door on someone's head. It's the same way he was in the Lockstock. A call back to Lockstock. Yeah, I had Avi as my entrance, but we'll do that if you like. I'll, no, I'll... So mine's is uh, Benny Jones's. Benny Jones. Benny Jones. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. back out and, and say Avi can't win both. So yeah. Aye, so I mean, people buy his this film. My worst cop, it's all the cops because they just appear after everything's finished. Yeah, I, I left it black thinking there weren't any in it. But yeah, you're right, it's them, yeah. <laughs> um, my worst accent is Bradford's Pinky. 
but also the best accent. But yes, it is the worst accent. But but also the best accent. It's it's both. <laughs> um, best song was uh, Mask Attack's Angel. I am open to debate. Uh, I had Ghost Town. I like that song a lot, and it plays twice. But Angel does as well. Angel's really good. So if you want that, I'll go with that. But I thought Ghost Town. Andy, any passionate? Uh, I don't like the music in this film, so we'll go in. <laughs> Because that's also when the caravan's on fire and the film's proper stakes have been raised. It's, so it's got no more combat or actual fully bangers in this. It has several bangers, Andy, I'm sorry. This is just came to me now. now. Best, Best here, here is Vinnie Jones' mullet. I didn't even shot six in the mouth. Oh, yeah, good shot. Yeah, yeah, early, yeah. early Vinnie. Early Vinnie, yeah. Uh, uh, most pornographic is a pack of cards. A pack of cards. Oh, those naked ladies Vinnie Jones got shot. Okay, there we go. There we go. I, I, I guess though, I always thought the spirit of most pornographic was it was meant to just be kind of, I don't know, sideways to pornography. I think Chris yeah. has just taken this award. He just loves I have literally the most nudity. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the most obvious name? Bullet Dodger. Because he can dodge bullets. I had a most obvious name, I think. Oh, uh, Frankie Fourfingers. That went. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, Tony is obvious as well. Like there's a lot of obvious names. Oh, I created a new uh, one, which you can leave out because I've only done one so far. Best monologue: Benny Jones's two types of bald speech. That's literally just Michael Pena award. Yeah, that's the Michael Pena one. <laughs> oh, no, I'm Michael Pena award. Well, yeah, it's the same award. <laughs> like yeah, the pig already took that one. Well, no, because sometimes somebody narrating is not a monologue. It's the same. Monologues fit into Michael Pena, Chris. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> Carry on, ask me done. At you, what have you missed? What happens when I think of things when I'm drunk? Best car chase, the three car kind of scene. It's not really a chase, it's more yeah. of a, a sort of jolly, but I wanted to fit it in one way. Best character name, so not the uh, not the most obvious. Best character name. The boxer, Bomber Harris, also has a nickname. He's called Bomber the Madman Harris. It's like, isn't Bomber enough nickname? Why does he need two <laughs> nicknames? So I just love that he's Bomber that is a double, double heavy nickname guy. Best costume is Frankie Fourfingers' entire wardrobe. Uh, Chris mentioned oh, that. Ah, that one, yeah. Done that, done that. The best inanimate object. I went for the diamond. Uh, I could be argued to something else. I think uh, the diamond... Because of its importance to the centre of the film. Caravans. <laughs> the, ca- the caravan, the wheels come off, yeah, maybe. Best soundtrack as a total- in totality, yes. The- I actually really like John Murphy, who does the score, the guy who's behind the music. He does music on a whole bunch of British films, including 20 Days Later. He's the guy behind that as well, so he's a really good mu- movie music guy. Best team, Turkish and Tommy, I think, is the best team. Maybe the Pikes, but oh, I think we all really- yeah, but the two of them. Well, put this way: Tommy saves Turkish from being basically killed in the fruit machine uh, shop. At this stage. The the three bank robbers. I mean, the, yeah, I guess. Uh, but then <laughs> Tyrone is they not the part ones of the diamond bag. Yeah, I suppose they are. Done best villain, best voice work. Don't have that very often, but Jason Statham's voiceover, whether it was clearly enunciated or not, <laughs> I think he's actually better doing the voiceover than he is in the scenes that he's in. Because it's quite funny, he was narrating his own scenes and he actually gets better acting uh, in the background. Uh, done the Chris Cameo, done that. It's most, oh, done most obvious name. Most underused, I think Dennis Farina could have been in this more. That's Cousin Avi, I think. A wee bit more of him. There's a lot of probably most underused 
options because nobody's in it enough. Statham. You think Statham? I think he's done enough. Like I don't think he was. He's not a great actor anyway. But at this point, he was less. Yes, he is. I'm not sure there's a stupidest character, but there's probably a long list of people that could be stupidest character. I don't know if any jumped out at anybody else who the stupidest character was in the film. Worst acting, though, I do. I'm passionate about this one. Velibor Topic, who plays the Russian who phones Boris at the beginning. He was horrific in the one scene he had to act. In his phone call, the most wooden acting I've ever seen, I don't think. So I'll nominate him. I doubt he'll win it. Uh, and I'm definitely my worst plan, my last one, which sets off the whole horrible chain of events. Terrible plan. Turkish sending Tommy to get the caravan because he once spent a summer in a caravan. Hmm. It's like, you know Tommy's a bit of an idiot anyway. You know what Pikes are like for dealing with and how they've got to try and scam him. And that's the reason you give to go do it. And then if they hadn't done that, the whole thing would not have spiralled out of control and they would have been fine. He says it's all set up, ready to go. He just has to go get it. That's what he claimed, yeah. Yeah. But also, here's 10 grand. Don't spend all 10. Well, they haven't agreed a price yet then. It's like, <laughs> it's not all set up. Uh, Andy, any extras from you? Product placement? I struggled. Desert Eagle. Desert Eagle. <laughs> is, that, is that a product, is it? I didn't realise that. I would say so, yeah. I, I don't know, so... Fair enough. Desert Eagle 0.50. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, it's definitely a brand, these Desert Eagles. So I'm going for that. It's the only brand I've noticed in this film. Yeah. I tried to see what kind of milk he was drinking, but I think it was just a, a fake <laughs> made up company of milk. On to point nine, then, the moral of the story. What lesson were we supposed to learn from Snatch? Don't Andy? Deal with pikeys. That's exactly what I've got as well. Chris? <laughs> Beware of pig farmers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Very good. On to the 10th point, the 10-point rating, where we rate the film out of 10 points. Chris picked it and was the person who hadn't seen it, so he gets to go first by virtue of picking it. Chris? Uh, I'm going to be hated by a few folk here, but it's overrated. It's like, the plot is all over the place. Like, one minute they're fixing a boxing fight, and then it's all about a diamond, and then it's all about fixing boxing fights again. It's like, pick one. And Why? Well, because I don't care about Diamond, it's got nothing to do with the story. I'd rather focus on the boxing fight on the pinkies and all that shit. It's, the Diamond was just unnecessary. Give me a score, motherfucker. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, everything that's well did locks locked it better, so I guess a four. Four? Bloody hell. Okay. I thought you, the way you were talking, I thought you quite liked it. Uh, I have refound this film. I had kind of forgotten about it, so thank you, Chris, for picking it. Really enjoyed it. Can't remember. I didn't realise how much this meant to me when I was young that I picked up half the lines in the film. Through sheer enjoyment factor, it has raised my score up to a 9 out of 10 because yes. how okay. much I enjoyed. It is non-stop. Like Andy mentioned the slow part. I didn't want to butt in and tell him it was wrong, but I, this whole thing just moves, 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 moves. There's always something happening and I very much enjoyed that. So uh, a 9 out of 10 for me. It is not a perfect film, but I had a hell of a time a uh, fun time watching this. So I'm going nine. Andy, what's your score? Uh, so I could barely tolerate Lockstock and it's and Lockstock is better than this film. I hate Guy Ritchie. I hate this film. But there's elements of good about it, but I'm kind of right about the same as Chris only half gets a two. <laughs> a, long, a long way for a short walk there, Andy. <laughs> uh, I think this is better than Lockstock, but I have seen Lockstock even uh, further than Snatch, so uh, I'm not sure. I like Lockstock, it's, it's simpler. This is just Guy Ritchie being a cunt. Uh, I believe 
that that is an official score of a 5 out of 10. It has been a long time since you guys hate a film that I love. It's been a while. Retro 10-point podcast scoring chart there. uh, Because you guys like good films. (laughs) Anyway, on to... Well, see, that's Chris's theme, unfinished business. He has finished the business of Snatch, and sounds like he's a bit worse for having finished it. Would, this, would you rather this, this open-ended film had remained open-ended that you'd never seen yeah, the ending yeah. of? That <laughs> happens once they come up into, like, dags. And that, yeah. Dags. Um, so, no spoilers, Chris, but you have one more selection, I think, remaining with the unfinished business. Have you got in your mind a certain piece of business that you will be finishing, or are you still... Is the, is the theme unfinished and you've no idea what you're doing? <laughs> I'll just keep it unfinished. Yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering, because you, you said you were stretching with this one, so I was wondering yeah. what you were doing. Next time is the 10-point podcast, Wheel of New Movies, I believe, that's picking for us. In the past, where Landy gets the wheel ready for us, it's picked East 80 for Brady and Boston Strangler, all with capital Bs in it. We can now see the wheel, right. uh, so we're ready for you to spin whenever you're ready, Andy. Spinning the wheel. Something may be spelled wrong because it was hammer wheel right in this, but we'll get there. <laughs> oh. Oh. I've no idea what this is. Well, it's something to do with David Bowie, I would estimate, with it being called Space Oddity. In between two films... <laughs> in between two films that I'm aware of, Space Oddity. Spelled that wrong. Oddity... Uh, a man seeks help from an insurance company to plan a one-way trip to Mars. So it's not to do with David Bowie, unless it's from, from 2022. I'm assuming that's the one. Uh, there's not another film for a more recent year than that. Uh, starring, I think Kevin Bacon. I think that is Kevin Bacon. I think it's Kevin Bacon. I just came to see yeah. So Kevin Bacon, and I think maybe Howard from. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, it Howard the Duck? No, um, not Howard the Duck. Well, they're not the main people that are in it, seemingly. Oh, no, it's Howard. Howard's there as well. So, yeah, there we are. Space Oddity, a comedy sci-fi romance next week. Oh, I'll bet there'll be some Bowie songs in it, since the name is <laughs> We didn't get Dungeons & Dragons or Super Mario, but it was the one in between. Space Oddity, just come to streaming, so Andy says. So you've all got one week, seven days to find Space Oddity. And we'll see you next time on the Ten Point Podcast.